Uh, a few years ago, when I lost my son, um, my wife had said something about I needed to take a situation to God, and I made, and I remember making this comment. I said, God and I aren't talking right now. And my wife was shocked that I said that, but it came out, that's how I felt. I wasn't talking to him because he's not talking to me, and everything that's happening right now is bad, so I'm not talking to him because I'm angry at him. Well, who am I to be angry at God? Welcome to Effective Heart Change, where we are passionate about becoming life givers in our circle of influence. Today, we welcome in Jeremy. It's great to have you today. I'm glad to be here. We want to hear a little bit about your story. I can remember some of the initial phone calls of, here's a person who's actually had some Christian background, and your wife especially was engaged, and things just didn't seem to be working for you. Talk to us about some of the difficulties you've had over the years. I've been to treatment seven times or more. And it's the same old, same old. You get out of treatment, you go right back to where you came from. And um, I just felt really compelled to come to this program and figure out how to build my life around God instead of around everything else with God being a part of my life. So what key changes you you talked about building your life what are some of those key changes that you feel like you have acted on that are making a difference knowing myself better um having a more personal relationship with jesus and and praying a lot um and really understanding the difference between when god is talking to me and when it's just rubbish if you were to pick out one behavior change that you have made that has made a difference, what would you say that behavior change is? I've always been a giver. Um, I've always been a fixer. I've always tried to help. But a lot of the problems that I've had in life is trying to help and give the wrong things and the wrong help. And to know that what I'm doing now is, is God's will. That feeling is just, you can't describe it. it. It is a completion in a part that, of life that I haven't had for a long time. As you describe yourself, many times people who are givers actually slide into a place of being a rescuer. And rescuers need to help people in order to feel good about themselves. Do you see some of that rescuer type of stuff in the way that you used to be a giver? Absolutely. Um, I had a nickname that was Captain Save a Person. Anytime anything would happen, I had to rush to fix it. What makes that unhealthy is the word that I said, which is they need. They not only need to help, but they need to help in order to feel good about themselves, which means that then they need a reaction from the other person to stroke that ego, mm -hmm. or then things begin to go south, or 
Maybe then I even escalate the situation where, oh, that wasn't enough. Well, I'll try a little bit more. Well, then if that doesn't work, then they're even more aggravated and, and it just becomes a very unhealthy cycle. Have you ever walked in that kind of a picture? In my past, I always had to be the guy, the go-to guy, you know. Um, and my, my wife calls me the wheeler and dealer. If I'm not wheeling and dealing, if I'm wheeling and dealing, I've got five different options already in my head as to what I'm wheeling and dealing with. And it's four or five different people. Um, and it frustrates my wife because I'll get so wrapped up in it because I'm thinking about everybody else that I forget about myself and the ones that are close to me. And she says, why do you do that? You put everybody else before you and you're always trying to help and save everybody else, but you neglect your family. And for a long time, I didn't understand what she meant by that, but I do now. So, If you're really drinking in a sense of meaning and a sense of worth, that should lower your need over here in this other area, uh, the rescuing area. Have you found that to be true, that even almost without effort, you're finding yourself respond at a healthier level? Absolutely. Um, I still feel the need to serve or to help, but I don't necessarily need the acknowledgement. I just need to know that I'm doing something for good and that it's God's will. And as long as he acknowledges it, the rest has not been so important. What about boundaries? Are those easier to impose now? Are you able to stay in safe, smart places easier than you were before? Uh, before, I didn't have boundaries. I didn't have a shutoff switch. Um, I would run myself until I passed out or was financially upside down or uh, relationships were just trashed because. You know, I don't have a stop button. Now, it's okay. That's enough. When you started receiving more of a peace, more of a rest over here on the spiritual side, it actually did translate to a healthier life over in the rest of the areas of your life. And that's the difference between this program and other programs. I can preach the, preach the NAAA upside down, inside out, backwards with my eyes closed in my sleep. And I've always got my mouth running in those programs because I know it inside and out. I know what they're going to say. I know how they're going to say it. I know what they mean. But the application of it is kind of dull because it has, you know, one thing that really, and I'm not knocking those programs by no means, they have saved a lot of lives. But when a doorknob can be your higher power, there's something wrong with that. And I believe in higher power, and I believe in, in the Creator. And until I was willing to turn my downfalls over, I was still trying to handle them myself. And I realized I can't. Um, and since I've realized that, and since I've acknowledged that, my life has been... Way different. I sometimes say that trust is the vehicle by which you draw strength. 
and I would agree with you, you're not going to draw strength from a doorknob. So you have had a connection with God where you genuinely drew strength. You've described that. Have you had relationships with people where you genuinely drew strength? Accepting the people for really who they are instead of expecting them to be who I need them to be uh, has been a huge ordeal recently. Um, I've always kind of felt like I've been expected to perform at top notch and nothing less was acceptable. And in turn, I've expected the same from people around me, uh, family, friends, coworkers, you know, et cetera. But I've been just appreciating the real uh, talents or, or inconsistencies or even the downfalls or faults of other people more so lately because it lets me know I'm human and if I can accept theirs, I can accept mine. So responding that way is also a part of your spiritual change. Yes, absolutely. Um, basically just being accepted. Learning and drawing strength from other people also helps me draw strength from myself, knowing that I don't have to be 100% on top at all times. My faults are okay. And that's what makes us unique. And, and, you know, God created each and every one of us individually. So it's okay to be who we are. And accepting other people in who they are. And if you get enough people around you, it's a complete circle. As you're describing that, we talked about the rescuer a while ago that whole burnout tendency, and then out of the burnout tendency, then you get the anger tendency. The description you just went through is a great recipe for cutting down on burnout, first of all. The expectations, all of the pressures, the demands, the burnout goes down. And as the burnout goes down, the tendency towards anger also is going to go down. I mean, everything you talked about that's a perfect recipe for healing for you. I, I've had some unfortunate circumstances in the recent years. And rather than face them head on and accept them or deal with them, I've put them away and, and not opened Pandora's box. Um, and that creates a drive a push, very unhealthy, but it also creates a numbness. And I found up until about six, eight months ago, six months ago, I was really numb. And I had never contemplated suicide. I had never um, looked at ending my life, but I didn't care if it ended. I had gotten that far down and removed from from God and, and um, by my own means, you know. And looking back on it, he was there so much um, protecting me and, and getting me through the things that I was 
manifesting or, or orchestrating to not get through. And I sit back and I think, okay, if I made it through all of this, he's got something different for me. And I'm starting to see that in a better way. For a long time in my life, I had no clue what to do or where to go. So I had to be able to do it all and, and everything. Now it's, okay, I'm starting to focus on if I just do what he wants me to do, I don't have to be able to do everything. Sometimes big things are small things. And in your case, just relaxing a little bit and continuing to be who you are, but just doing it in a different frame with a different message is making a difference in the people around you. Last weekend, I was at home with my wife and uh, doing the things I, I kind of normally do. I, you know, I take care of the honeydew list and fix this or take care of that. But my wife made the comment, she's glad to meet me. Um, I've gotten back to kind of who I was when her and I met, but in a more defined manner, I guess you could say. Um, I'm doing things that I would just kind of procrastinate on before I'm getting them done. I'm making sure that things are taken care of. Um, and I'm focused on the needs of the family rather than the needs of everybody else. Um, and basically, that's all she's ever really wanted was more focus on the home front and quit worrying about everything else floating around. A year ago, I was facing life in prison, basically. And that's enough to really change a person down to the bone if he, when he stops and thinks about it. And a person can take that two ways. They can stew on it, and they can try to act like they've got a year left to live, or they can hand it over to God and live a year. What would you like to share that I haven't asked about? Everybody has issues. Everybody has heartaches. Everybody has pain. Some in different recipes, some in different levels. But everybody has the opportunity to have Christ and Jesus in their lives. And no matter their situation, he can give you a peace and a joy that you can't find anywhere else. That's very cool. And I told her, look, if you don't want to come to the program, I understand that. But at least apply some of this. But you can't do it and have both sides. You have to be ready to let go of that side. Because if you don't, this isn't going to get, it, get you where you need to be. And that's the, one of the things that I've realized is I can't have both worlds. And what it took me a long time to understand that my reluctance to let go of a lot of that other side was what kept pulling me back to it. And I have 
unfortunately lost some close friends, a lot of acquaintances, but I've had to draw that line. I've had to develop that boundary. And every day that boundary is getting stronger and stronger. And that's something I've never done in any sobriety. You know, I never had those boundaries because I always kept those people in my back pocket or those situations or, or whatever. For whatever gain I might be able to pull out of them later, which never ends up being a gain. And I've, I've come to realize that now too. But it saddens me to watch those that I've actually cared about not get it, not understand. You can't do both. You just can't. A different version of trust. You can trust every person to respond according to who they are. So when you're putting people in your back pocket, thinking, wow, in the future, well, that's almost like extortion. That's like manipulation because you're hoping to use them at a particular point in time for your needs, but not really trusting them to be who they are. It, it really is a game, and it's, it's a selfish game. It, and it, exactly, very selfish game. And that's part of um, a lot of what I've picked up since I've been here is my wife used to call me a, an extremely selfish person, and I never could see it because I was always doing things for others. But in the back subconsciously and in my back pocket, I always had a goal or a gain or an idea of this or, well, okay, this is my networking and I may need you later. And you better be there when I need you because I've been there when you needed me. And now it's, okay, I'm just not going to do that because I'm not doing it for the right reasons. You, you spoke about expectations and a lot of your trauma a lot of your turmoil came out of you had set expectations for the people around you, and now you're back there again. Yep. So it's, um, I still, and the biggest thing is, is expectations of self, um, performance, you know. Um, if I can't do it, I'm going to figure out how to do it. And, you know, it, there again, it's, a lot of things have been subconsciously, all right, there's been hidden agendas and, and things that a person really shouldn't be proud of, you know. And when you start to see that about yourself, you really kind of start letting go of some of that. When it's brought to light to where you can see it and understand it yourself, if you like that kind of stuff, well, then that's where you need to be. But if you don't, then you're going to let go of it. The other part of that, which I think you're starting to see, when you start seeing what God can do, which is very different from what we can do, and you relax and you allow him to work in that, that also is very powerful. And, and a lot of that boils down to faith. Um, if you have enough faith you know he's got control of it. And uh, like I said, when I realized how God was speaking to me, um, that was one of the happiest moments of my life. I had finally figured out how God was talking to me. And 
I had taken it to a, a borderline depression thinking God's not talking to me. And when you hear and when you feel heard, those are important. Other people like to feel heard. When you hear and you feel heard, it changes what's going on inside of you, which changes your ability, your capacity to do life. Absolutely. It's amazing how... I've never been a person that has experienced a lot of hard loss up until the last few years. I didn't know how to handle it. I had never really lost any major family members or, you know, uh, relationships, yes, but the ones that were my life, no, until just a few years ago. And um, again, you know, that's when I stopped talking to God. And, but looking back on it, I was in six auto accidents in seven months. All of them were uh, total, totaled out, should have been fa fatal. And I walked away from every one of them, scratching my head. How did I pull myself out of this? I didn't. Um, he pulled me out of that. I was doing things recklessly because I didn't care. But he did. And... I still wasn't hearing him, but I was still alive, and I'm still alive. And looking back on it from, you know, recently looking back, he was talking to me big time the whole time. I just didn't want to hear it or couldn't hear it because I was so focused on my hurt and my anger and my resentments. Knowing that has, or understanding that and seeing that now has helped me immensely in how I cope with things and, and can handle things now. It's, I have, I'm allowed to be angry. I'm allowed to be hurt. And in a way that's healthy, but I have to give it to him. And his judgment will be righteous. Well, Jeremy, thank you. I love having people just sit down, share the way you've shared. I actually don't pre-tell you. You don't pre-tell me. We just sit down and somewhat spontaneously talk about what's going on, and your life tells a story, and that's, that's pretty amazing. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. It's been fun listening to Jeremy. Everyone has a story. Everyone's story is meaningful. Your story is meaningful, and hopefully you can take away things as you're listening here that will impact you and impact your ability to be a life giver in your circle of influence. Thank you for joining us.